In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. All right, so we're recording here live from uh, RecFest on a bright, blue, sunny day in Nashville. We're at Bicentennial Park. I'm actually sitting here with Trent Cotton. Trent, welcome to the show. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice, nice to meet you. <laughs> God, it's beautiful outside. Nice to spend some time to get today together. So I know, we, uh, I know. We had a nice little lunch, and now we're hanging out um, all by ourselves. And, yeah. Uh, I don't even, what, what area is this? I think this is like a little picnic area. It's yeah. kind of the, the edge of the park, you know. So what, what, what's your uh, take on Rex Best so far? You just had a chance to kind of, you know, survey the, survey the scene. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it's really cool. You know, I didn't <laughs> have to be a little honest. I didn't know it was going to be intense until Friday. So that threw me off a little bit. But I, I'm actually kind of digging it. You know, the weather's nice. Everybody's a lot more relaxed. You can kind of come and go as you please. It's a uh, very, very cool concept honestly yeah it is and you know it seems like attendance is pretty good yeah you know i was kind of surprised i thought maybe it'd be a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. but uh, we were talking to you know i guess chad and he was saying what the 1200 folks yeah chad chad you know they they had a goal of a thousand and they hit 1200 and they're expecting if they do it again next year that they'll probably double it i was in one of the sessions maybe it was the opening session where they said the first one eight or nine years ago was in london it was 100 200 people and this year they just cracked five thousand. so i mean it's it's kind of exciting to think that you know we're in the what the what do you call it the inaugural founders, year yeah, part of yeah, the founder group, right? yeah we're the founder group <laughs> that's why we'll claim it we're the founder yeah. group yeah yeah, it's a neat setup and some really great speakers too. Yeah. It's, it's always good to be able to, I mean, you see these people like, God, Tim and Chad and Joel and, you know, all these, you see them on LinkedIn or you hear them on the podcast and, you know, be able to just kind of bump into them and chit chat with them is always yeah, nice. Yeah, it's cool. And you're, you're one of those speakers, so you're on the stage. The first one's at 3.30. I'm the MC for a dating game for Plum. Okay. Which is fun. They have, it's really funny. You know, they have dating these, game. a dating game. Okay. So right. uh, trying to find the right <laughs> HR tool. So they asked me to do it and you know gave me a script or whatever and it's 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 going to be fun it's going to be a lot of fun and then at five o'clock i go on the disrupt stage and i'm going to be talking about navigating chaos of recruiting okay using metrics because you know i love data yeah yeah well maybe we'll dig into that in a little bit but i guess just you know kind of leaning in and you know and into the podcast and Mm -hmm. i didn't do a great intro uh, of you so maybe talk a little bit about your background and and uh, hatchworks uh, where, where, where you call home it'll start there and then Love to hear more about what you're planning to talk about later here today. All right. So formal title is vice president of talent and culture. So I handle mm-hmm. all the, I call it the fun stuff. I've got a great partner who loves the stuff that I don't particularly like, like payroll and benefits and some of the operational stuff. So she handles people operations and I handle 
everything from uh, recruiting to the strategy to learning and development. But she and I are almost inseparable. Like she even knows my eating plan during the day. She yeah, goes, hey, it's 11 o'clock. You're supposed to be eating this and this. And you so eat every two hours. I right? eat every I two, that two and a half hours. Yeah. And if I don't, I become a different person. Let me assure you. So yeah, that's what I do for Hatchworks. I uh, also wrote a little book called Sprint Recruiting. Mm-hmm. Also working on another book. I was going to try to release it in the fall. I think I'm going to have to push it back to early next year, but it's called Futurist. So F-U-T-H-R-I-S. And it's really looking at the mindsets that I think that successful HR professionals will need to have going into the future and the future of work. So. Maybe we can unpack that a little yeah. bit as well. Yeah, it'll be fun. So is, is the talk at five Talks today at here? Five. Yes, is sir. that about sprint recruiting? Like it you is. unpack. So it is. maybe for the folks that haven't heard it, you, you in essence are the father or uh, a founder, <laughs> founder I, I guess. Founder, maybe. Uh, I don't you know. know. I don't, <laughs> the evangelist? Definitely the evangelist. So what is sprint recruiting? So sprint recruiting takes agile methodology mm-hmm. and applies it to recruiting. Mm-hmm. And so agile, just for those that might know, that's you know a, a tech, the kind of a tech-based, mm-hmm. you you know, methodology that, yeah, like that started there, project type. management. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what it does is, you know, going through this journey, uh, 2017, I want to say, the head of HR put me into three classes, mm-hmm. kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Like I almost up to the day, I was like, are you sure I have to go to this? Mm-hmm. And they were design thinking, Kanban and agile. Mm-hmm. And so I came out of it and exhausted because mm-hmm. I don't sit still for eight hours a day for three or four weeks very well. But You know, I kept thinking, all right, Apple, Google, all these sexy companies, this is what they're using to put out products that I use every day that I love. Yeah. There's got to be something to it. You know, Mm -hmm. is there something that I can do in recruiting? Because I was actually at a point where I was like, you know what? Fuck recruiting. I'm Mm -hmm. done. I I can't fix it. Everyone's complaining. I I need to do another career pivot. Mm -hmm. So this was my last ditch effort. Yeah. And uh, my team and I started just kind of tempering around with a couple of different things and started to start look and see some of the metrics immediately change and I'll go, okay, we're, we're on to something. Mm-hmm. And any specific metrics that, oh, that, that you know, kind of uh, come to Engagement, mm-hmm. um, time to hire. Cause I, I hate time to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, although looking at time to fill once we went through our beta mm-hmm. and said, okay, this is, this is kind of what we're doing. And I'll get into what the, the principles are. We ran three sprints and we were, sourcing or handling engineering at the time mm-hmm. they were just a pain in my ass mm-hmm. uh, they, they still give me acid reflux when i think <laughs> about that crew but you know the average time to fill was 67 days okay in our third sprint we cut it down to 27 so these 67 for software engineers software engineers yeah yeah i wow. mean and and we were building a new platform so mm-hmm. it was dire that we had to get these mm-hmm. these roles filled so that was one of the big ones that was kind of an aha. And, and actually, whenever I pulled it, I remember I called one of our, our statisticians. I said, I need you to run this this, and just yeah. make sure that I've got the make numbers sure the right. Because right. this yeah. does not, yeah. there's no way that we cut this much time in only, yeah. what, six weeks. Yeah. But what we found is that there are four dysfunctions in every recruiting organization. Okay. And whether it is one industry or the next, one size team versus the next. I mean, I've consulted several companies varying size they all fall into one of these four categories the first one is that everything is a priority Mm -hmm. which means nothing is a priority Mm -hmm. the second is that there's no rhythm or drumbeat to the recruiting process Mm -hmm. we don't ever stop and go okay what's what's our what's our mo how are Mm -hmm. we going to get this done because Mm -hmm. it's 
It's almost like that, what is Lucille Ball, whenever mm-hmm. she's in the chocolate factory. I, yep. I think that's what most recruiters are. Yep. They're just stuffing chocolate wherever they Grinding. can. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The next is that there's no time for us to stop and say what is working, what's not. So we mm-hmm. can address what isn't and mm-hmm. we can scale what is. Mm-hmm. And then let's face it, the feedback loop is broken. Yeah. You know, the, the hiring managers, they want quick hires, but they don't give you the feedback. And mm-hmm. by the time they give you the feedback, the candidate's no longer in the market. Mm-hmm. So we developed four principles you'll say to counterbalance those the first one and and if you're thinking about this think about how do you squeeze four thousand jobs four thousand open jobs into a funnel Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. there's there's only one way that you can get it done and that's that's essentially what sprint recruiting is is it puts a funnel in the process okay so the first step in that funnel is the sprint itself so in two weeks so you're going to your hiring manager or your hiring executive let's say it's the head of engineering you have 400 open positions if you ask them, when do you want them filled? They're going to say yesterday, Tomorrow. right? Yeah, yeah yesterday, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's unrealistic. We yep. all know that. Yep. They know that. They just want to say it. Yeah. But if you go to them and say, over the next two weeks, mm-hmm. what are the most critical roles? Out of that 400, they may pick 40. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step, that the, the sprint creates efficiency. Mm-hmm. The second is that the business defines the priority. So out of those 40... I'm going to give you 250 points because mm-hmm. I want I want you to add a numeric value to the importance of those 40. Mm-hmm. And then that also gives my recruiting team a way to be able to kind of work that in order. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so if out of the 204, 250 points, we've got a hundred pointer. As a leader, I'm going to make sure that whoever's working that hundred pointer, do you need extra sourcing? Yeah. Do you need extra marketing? Yeah. So yeah. I can pool my resources to get that done because mm-hmm. the client has defined success for the sprint. Mm-hmm. The third is is a little tricky if you're not familiar with Agile. It's work in progress limits or whip limits. Okay. So think of them as like dominoes. Yeah. One domino moves and it triggers the next one mm-hmm. and then it triggers the next one. The dominoes for us are the candidates. So what we want is that once we get to five submitted candidates, on a, let's just say it's a new role in the sprint, it's 50 points. Yeah. Once you know, you're the hiring manager, once I give you five that's my whip limit, five candidates to review. I start working on your position. And I work on the next one because I'm waiting on feedback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once you give me feedback and say, hey, I want to interview all five, I move them mm-hmm. to interview, uh, a hiring manager interview, still a whip limit of five. I may have five more than I go and I submit to you. And you've got 10 candidates. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything else for you until you give me feedback. You mm-hmm. don't give me feedback, fantastic. Your position doesn't move. Yeah. And then we get to the feedback. This is this is the fun part because I've done it with like the practitioners, like the hiring executives yep. in the same room with the recruiter. And whenever I say this, all of them are like, yeah, yeah, they're all Makes nodding sense. their heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever we implement it, everyone is kicking and screaming. And that's a 48-hour rule. Okay. So I submit candidates to you on a Tuesday. You have 48 hours to give me feedback. Hmm. I'm the recruiter. I don't get feedback from you, my hiring manager. I go to my manager. Mm-hmm. They go in and they engage you and engage one level above you. And they don't get anything. Then they... Then it goes to the director. So whenever you know I've run large recruiting teams, I had what I called an ICE report. Okay. So that meant that I iced the role. I was going to imagine like the the scorecarding and the, the oh, yeah. data tracking of all of these leading metrics mm-hmm. uh, probably requires a level of sophistication. It does not to the level that you know some people try. Like I've seen traditional recruiting mm-hmm. reports that are so complicated. I'm, my minor is statistics and finance. I love numbers, but I look yep. at it, my brain shuts down. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot easier to, to mm-hmm. be able, especially for leaders and for your clients. You're you're looking at the same dashboard. Yeah, and they understand it. You understand it. So the feedback uh, that ICE report means I've called and cared enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was the last organization. The CEO used to be a recruiter, mm-hmm. so she asked for the ICE report every week. Mm. 
She and was, was engaged. She Leadership was engaged. Was engaged. Yep. She would call that sometimes like 20 levels down in the organization into a hiring mm-hmm. manager out in freaking Nevada and <laughs> yeah. go, hey, I just saw you on the ICE report. Why are you not reviewing candidates? Yeah. You realize that this is the primary role of leaders in our organization. Yeah. Yeah. So That's either awesome. give feedback yeah. or I will find someone who will. And then she hung up the phone. And, yeah. and I mean, our feedback yeah. <laughs> went That's through the roof, you yeah. know? Yeah. That so with you, that level of engagement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you put all of that and, and you, you kind of hit on a good point is that before as a leader, I had your normal, how many hires versus yeah. how many openings and all that doesn't really tell a story. Yeah. So who was telling the story? The hiring managers. Yeah. I had no control over that. Mm-hmm shifting that back to where I've got the data and everyone in the organization has access to that, da- that mm-hmm. dashboard. I can tell you like right now I can pull it up and say, okay, out of our 200 points for this sprint, a hundred are sitting in hired 50 are sitting in TIV or technical interview. That's mm-hmm. the second stage mm-hmm. of the process. And another 50 are sitting with client interview is a successful sprint. So like a lot, a lot to unpack here, obviously, but First question, mm-hmm. is a successful end to a sprint, you know, an offered candidate or is it an interview or, or what is the definition of success through that two week cycle on those high priority roles? Okay, so this is kind of nomenclature. So the definition of success is the points and the roles that are assigned by the client. That's the definition of success. Now, what you're talking about is the definition of done. Okay. And that is like whenever I do consulting, that's actually one of the things that we spend a lot of time on. Like you said, is it offer accepted? Is mm-hmm. it they, their butts in the seat? Mm-hmm. They've gone through onboarding. Mm-hmm. Every organization defines, defines done a little bit differently. Okay. And that, that's, that makes sense. I did not do it by design when creating the methodology, but it's, it's very fluid. Mm-hmm. So the methodology, the principles don't change. How you execute them can be totally how you want it to be. It mm-hmm. can be customized. Yeah. You know, I, I've worked with uh, a manufacturing firm that they wanted, it was interviews, yeah. hiring manager interviews, because they knew that most of the Over time with, that two-week sprint. Over that two-week yeah, sprint. That's, that was that, their definition of done. done. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Work, is it always a two-week sprint, or is that is that differ, you know, organization to organization based upon the cadence or the, the drumbeat of that? The max is two weeks. Mm-hmm. Max is two weeks. Because when we were trying this, we did a month sprint. Mm-hmm didn't really tell me anything and as a leader i couldn't pivot like it's called sprint because you want to move quick quickly you yeah so just thinking agile, like right? yeah if it months would be like a marathon yeah, you can't do or that. like I a mean, half yeah. marathon or right. something all you're right? doing yeah. is measuring the crazy that you did before yeah so yeah. in a sprint i'm looking at it by day mm-hmm. you know like day two i know that we should be at this mm-hmm. and i'm looking at the leading measures so here is you know We've got 20 open positions, so therefore I want 75 people in pre-screen. Do we have 75 people in pre-screen on day two? No. Okay, then I want to figure out why. So as a leader, I can get granular without losing my mind because the data is telling me where to go. Now, I worked with a high-volume firm. and Well, I worked with a firm, and they had a high-volume and kind of like your professional services. Mm -hmm. And with the high-volume, two weeks was too much. So they did a week. Hmm. And how they did it, like, they have they're better than me mm-hmm. <laughs> i couldn't do it i yeah. mean I, I like my two weeks yeah but they needed it because things were moving so, so fast, fast. Yeah. and they had to be like they were not changing priorities but they were shifting gears like four yeah. or five times in a day and it was remarkable as a practitioner to kind of look back and go down you know yeah. like i remember sitting down with the the head of their high volume and she's like i just you know we're we only hit 80%. I mm-hmm. said, you do realize that you hit 80% of your sprint for three freaking weeks. That's three freaking sprints in the normal. That's six weeks in the let, – let's put this in perspective yeah. here. Yeah. Take the win, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Take the win. So the max I would do is 
Yeah. It's two weeks. Well, what, talk to me a little bit about what happens to the requisitions that are not in the sprint. So are they not getting worked on? Or are they being deprioritized? They are deprioritized. So what, is that, what does that mean? Well, what you want to do is you want to hyper-focus your recruiter. Okay. So let's just use the example. There's one that's 75 points. As a leader, I'm going to make sure that you, as the recruiter, have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about that role in our 101. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking about it in our daily stand-up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know exactly what's going on as a leader because my client said that that is an incredibly important role. Mm-hmm. How, how, does that, how does that work with you know re- recruiter workload? So like, are you shifting? So let's say I'm a recruiter that has... I don't know, let's just say 40 requisitions. Mm-hmm. I got 40 requisitions mm-hmm. that, that I'm responsible for. And I've got, you know, four that have been assigned high levels of points. Mm-hmm. They're, they're obviously prioritized. Right. So are you the leader saying like, hey, the other 35, don't worry about them? Or yep. you're giving them to other recruiters? Or don't like, worry what about you them. them. Don't worry about them. Because that's the beauty of this is that mm-hmm. the client, I'm not saying don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. The client said don't mm-hmm. worry about it because they didn't assign a point value yeah. to it. Yeah. Now the so that's got to be a big cultural shift. Oh, it's inside huge. of a hiring manager. So like you know, hey, I'm, I'm I'm the recruiter. I'm getting the call. Like hey, you know, I'm rec number thirty eight mm-hmm. of forty here, prioritization mm-hmm. wise. And it's kind of like, well, it, it's basically what I'm going to forward you some resumes right. when I get to it, and then you know you deal with. It. But that's where recruiting leaders can transform leadership within their organization yeah yeah because what you're talking about is that someone at whatever level of leadership they haven't been communicated that their role is not as priority as the rest of the mm-hmm. world so let me give you an example and this was early on we had uh, mora on my team she's from i always get it wrong she's somewhere up north she's got a great little accent yeah. you know and uh jersey jersey <laughs> okay, that's what it is okay yeah. mora if it's wrong don't send me a text i can't remember where you're from but anyway so she was supporting our financial investment group okay. on the retail and the high wealth side so on the high wealth side the roi of course i mean they're dealing with million dollar portfolios mm-hmm. you know higher roi the organization gave them 10 extra roles to fill okay. because that was part and, and they increased the revenue budget so Lauren, the head of the group, he had, I think it was, let's just say 200 points assigned yeah. to his organization. He was really diligent. He would go through and say, okay, hey, Matt, I'm going to give you 75. You can use them for however many roles that you want to. You know, Trent, I'm going to give you 50. He would do it that way ahead of the call. So yeah. each leader, each regional or department head had their own little budget that they had to work with. Mm-hmm. But we had this huge initiative. So we were trying to figure out, okay, do we expedite this? Do I pull another recruiter or work it on? And I remember one of the one of the leaders, so Frank was the leader of kind of that, that high volume, the one that the whole company was like, you got to get these filled in 30 days or you'll miss your revenue target. He, uh, we start going through and each regional says, hey, Lauren, I'm actually going to give my budget over to Frank because mm. organizationally it's really important that we get these done. And I mm-hmm. think I'm actually in a good spot. And Mora, don't worry about it. I'll tell my team to leave you the hell alone for two weeks. Wow. I kid you not. We, we got off the phone and I remember Maura called me. She was boss. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what the hell just happened, but I love it. <laughs> you know what happened? Out of those 10 roles, she got eight of them filled really? in two weeks. Yeah. Those are incredibly tough roles. Yeah. But she had the, the, the cover fire, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, if, if she got an offer, you know, that was ready to go or whatever, she would stop and get that done mm-hmm. because that's easy, you know, mm-hmm. get that out the door. But the sourcing and the manager meetings and all of that, those regional executives gave her the cover fire she needed mm-hmm. to focus on what was great for the organization. Mm-hmm. And to me, whenever I see things like that happen in, in the companies that I work with, I'm like, we've turned the corner. Mm-hmm. 
that's the thing. Yeah. That's that's the mindset. But the other thing, so that's organizationally. Yeah. Not touching every role. You would not believe the mind bend that recruiters have. Like they are, we are so programmed that I got to touch every mm-hmm. forty roles. I got to touch all forty roles yeah. every day or every yeah. other day yeah. to retrain them to say, "No, you are hyper focused on this one." Mm-hmm. And then once you get to your whip limit on that seventy five pointer, then you're going to move to your fifty mm-hmm. pointer. Mm-hmm. You have to reprocess their brain. But what I found is that whenever they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. They're able to dig deeper on the candidates. They mm. provide a better candidate experience. Usually, the quick quit rate goes down because the candidates feel like they've been onboarded correctly. Yeah. You know, the, the recruiter has a vested interest. They're not just passing an, you know, an ass to a seat. Yeah. So all of the ancillary metrics that we look at are solved because we're taking the heat off the recruiter and we're putting it where it should be, which is with the business. Yeah. You tell me what's important, and my job as the recruiting leader is to make sure that my team rises to the occasion. Yeah. Do, on those roles that are deprioritized, do you find that sometimes they even, you know, pull them down oh. from the career boards? Do, or do they mm-hmm. let them ride? No, they let them ride. Let them ride. Let them ride. And, yeah. And, and but, but what happens is that usually, I would say like sprint four or five. So, you know, about yeah. two months into it, the recruiters have got that drumbeat. They've got that mm-hmm. that success routine. So just example, Aaron on my, my team at the bank. Yeah. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, she would send an email update to the regional executive and to the hiring managers who have points assigned and said, here's where I am, here's where I need your help, and here's your deadline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was copied on it. Yeah. And she, I don't, I think her lowest sprint that she got was 60. And she had never been a recruiter before. She was in, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the retail side of the bank. So we brought her in. And she came with me to a previous organization and she goes, I can't do this. I can't do this normal recruiting shit. Like, yeah. like how did y'all do this? You yeah. know, like she yeah. knew nothing else. Yeah. You know? So that you're able to build those success routines. Yeah. But, you know, I bring up Erin because she would not only hit 100% of her sprint, she would go and fill all these other roles in the back half of the sprint. Yeah. But she would pick up the phone and say, hey, Matt, you're my regional executive. Give me a hint. Next where, sprint. Where, where are we going? Yeah. yeah. What's important? And yeah. she would just sew yeah. ahead. You know, yeah. so she was able to hit 90 or 100%. Yeah. Because she had those success routines. Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at NACR.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. So, you know, installing, you know, this, you know, takes obviously leadership from, you know, the top down. Mm-hmm. It takes buy-in from, you know, bottom up. Yep. And and I would imagine, you know, installing the platform, like any change management, takes a little bit of time. Like, it you know, does. Saying like, hey, you know, I'm getting four or five, six sprint, sprint limits in. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting here and, you know, this is a you know, podcast for you know, healthcare, talent acquisition recruiters, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And, and so... That's the primary audience, and, right. and you know maybe they're on a maybe on their they're on a decent sized team, and they're like, man, this sounds like a great idea, mm-hmm. but you know I've got to socialize it. You know I'm, I'm, I might need to you know kind of get uh, my leadership involved and kind of get their head around what's going mm-hmm. on here and the points and the scorecard. Look, my question is is like if I'm a recruiter listening to this today, what what are like your your five things, three things that you would recommend them, regardless if they do sprint recruiting or right. not, mm-hmm. that that they could take away from you know your methodologies and how you approach recruitment that would drive value to to the business and to their hiring managers tomorrow? Like what what are, what are the three things that pop out at your mind? It's like hey, regardless if you install the entire platform. Do these things? Anything spring in mind? Oh, the biggest, and, and they're they're almost codependent. Mm-hmm. It's two. 
focus and prioritization. Mm-hmm. So through this process, you know, I, I'm a nerd, so I love to read. I love yeah. to read science stuff, military stuff. Came up and started, I don't know how I got on it, but the study of the brain and how we are naturally programmed to prioritize information. Because if we took in all of the information around us, our brain would shut down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the part of the brain that does it. But if you think about it, red, yellow, green, first, second, third, yeah. gold, silver, bronze. Like we we, we know that, you know, yeah. and automatically. You, you even say them in order. You yeah. know, you don't yeah. even realize yeah. it. You yeah. know, you yeah. just kind of put that in order. So creating some kind of prioritization. Now, prioritization of roles, or it could be a prioritization of your time. Mm-hmm. Just start time blocking. Yeah. That's, a, that's a huge step of prioritizing your time. I'm a morning guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personality is in the morning. You don't want to talk to me in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I do all of my analytic stuff in the afternoon because I've run out of personality. Mm-hmm. I've run out of concern. I need to. I need to go and do the numbers, do the admin, do that kind of stuff. So I prioritize all of my. I guess I call it my extrovert activities yeah, in the yeah, morning, yeah. and then my non-extrovert or my introvert in the afternoon. So, so that's good. I'm getting you here at one yeah, uh, central time. Yeah, you just got, you got me right after eight. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you got me right after eight, well, so we're good. I feel like I'm running out of time yeah, now, man. No, You're making two, me nervous. Yeah, about 2.30. <laughs> if I don't take a power nap, we're good. So that that's the, kind of the first step. So, then, so time block. Time block. And and prioritize, but prioritize the, the requisitions that I have. Yeah, yeah, prioritize the requisite. And you can start with, all right, which ones require the most focus? Mm-hmm. So again, my, my focus time is always in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's the roles that I'm going to work on. You know, if I didn't have the point system or whatever, I'm going to say which ones need my my attention. It's going to be mm-hmm. a, a tough role, or or yeah. maybe I need to do some weird kind of sourcing. I'm going to I'm going to prioritize that to knock that yeah. out and in just, the morning. And I love that because you know I feel like you know when when you think about you know in essence how recruitment has evolved as a requisition based kind of operation, meaning that recruiters in, in a lot of different cases are incented and, and whether we say it or not, they're gold against their fills. Mm-hmm. And so I have always noticed that, you know, if that is the objective versus, you know, hiring a candidate, which is a subtle nuance, but stick with me here, when I'm, when I'm gold against, in essence, filling requisitions, I do what? I focus on the low lying fruit. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I am, you know, maybe on that 40, I know I've got, you know, great flow on these 20 or 30. And so, you know, my best time during right. the day, I'm working on processing those, getting those mm-hmm. ones done or whatever. And then for the back half of the day or whenever I'm not freshest, right, I'm then needing to get into these roles that require a little bit more critical thinking. They require mm-hmm. some sourcing, they require whatever. And, and the reality is they get pushed side right you know and so right. i think at some level that's that's just fundamentally thinking about your day that's huge advice it is and and i'd like the the quote from mark twain he says eat the frog in the big mm-hmm. in the big what is it eat the frog in the beginning of the day and everything else is good yeah yeah i had a manager that said eat this shit sandwich in the morning and everything <laughs> else is peachy and so you know like the really hard task or whatever mm-hmm. i want to knock those out whenever i have the most energy and i'm i'm, I'm the freshest now yeah. there are some people that are not morning people yeah they are eating my, my my husband's one of those like yeah. he he thrives in the evening you know and that's when we're doing our workout so he's got yeah. like all this energy and i'm just like all right I'm, you know <laughs> like, take a little energy drink before i go <laughs> yeah but just play to your strengths so yeah. the, the, the the biggest things that you could walk away from even if you don't do sprint mm-hmm. is protect your focus because mm-hmm. it's limited that's something mm-hmm. that people do not understand you have limited focus during the day mm-hmm. so think of it as like a gas tank mm-hmm. 
And then the second is, is find some way to prioritize, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it's time blocking, whether it's prioritizing your, your requisitions. The other just little thing about prioritization is when you put the time on your calendar and say, I'm sourcing, mm-hmm. it's almost like we commit to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, cause I do, I'm a religious time blocker. I have been for probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. I go one step further. Actually, I did a blog about the Eisenhower matrix so things come in and go okay what what do i need to do so mm-hmm. i pick like three themes for the week these mm-hmm. are the three things that i need to get done mm-hmm. as meeting invites come in i ask them can we delay this because if not then i'm going to have to deny it it doesn't fit mm-hmm. my little three mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. now i'm at a different meeting level. invites that are you know in essence creating whirlwind work that's yes. eating up yeah your your strategy time yes. eating up that time block time mm-hmm. you know well so because they, can i delay or can i deny yeah yeah so uh, the, the first is is it on my due mm-hmm. no okay then i need to decide am i going to delay or am i going to deny this mm-hmm. and you're going to piss people off mm-hmm. but that's okay Another rule that I have is I do not accept invite to meetings unless I have an agenda attached. Hmm. Hmm. If not, I'll decline it. Mm-hmm. And again, I piss a lot of people off, but I train the organization. You tell me that this meeting's from 3 to 4 o'clock. Trent, we want you at 3.45 to kind of give an update on talent. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll join at 3.45. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I'll use that block mm-hmm. showing busy to get something else done. Gotcha. Because you, there, there's two lines of thought around a calendar. It's all in your mindset. Mm-hmm. It can be a to-do list that everybody else has access to, mm-hmm. or it could be how you manage your time. Mm-hmm. And I'm the latter. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. mine. You're mm-hmm. not going to put something on me. That's that's my time. I guard my money, my family, and my time mm-hmm. religiously. Yeah. How do you deal with emails? Just kind of curious. Uh, you know, do, do do you are you an inbox zero guy? Uh, you know, do, do you allow um, the email flow to? you know, dictate the pace of your day? Do you do you batch them? I'm just kind of curious on that habit. So I've got a rule. If you CC me, it goes into a special file. We use uh, Gmail. You get an automatic message and it says, hey, I respond to messages where I'm in the CC line at this time, this time, and this time. If mm-hmm. you need an immediate response, please put me in the two line or Slack me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you would be amazed at how clean your your mailbox really? stays. Yeah, because the freaking reply all. I'd love to punch the person <laughs> in the face, whoever came up with that. I mean, that is the stupidest damn thing. Yeah. Because you just got people reply all. Okay. Yeah. Don't send that. You know, it's yeah. a waste of time. I don't yeah. need to see that, especially yeah. whenever I'm in my focus mode. So that goes into a file. Mm-hmm. You know, Gmail automatically kind of puts things in forums and all that. And that's why I love it. It mm-hmm. kind of keeps that noise out. But my primary. If it's a message from my team, it's always immediate. Mm-hmm. You know, I go in and at least look at it, and if I need to respond, I do. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that, if it's in my protected time, then I answer it in my time that I said, you know, respond to emails. Yep, yep, yeah, that's awesome. So we're we're coming up on a half hour here, and you know, I guess I'd be interested in learning a little bit more about the new book. What's okay. The, what's the focus of that? You know, so last book, first book was was sprint recruiting. Sprint recruiting. Is this another you know recruitment book? Is this another HR book? Is this a business strategy? To tell us a little bit about what you're writing um, about it, right it, now. It's a little bit more about HR transformation. Like, I've always been a weirdo mm-hmm. in in HR. One because I came from the business. I wasn't your traditional HR person, so I naturally stuck out because I approached business or approached HR from a business standpoint. Yeah. But I always rushed to change things. Yeah. Like there was so much that I saw. I was like, hey, we could change this. Low-hanging fruit. Twist this, do this, we can get this done. And I was met with such resistance, you know. And and thankfully, I'm rebellious and, and I have a hard head because, I, I mean, I stuck with it. 
but I, I've started to notice that whenever I work with people like you mm-hmm. and, and others that that have, we all have this kind of common thread that, mm-hmm. that goes through us. And so it's called Futurist, F-U-T-H-R-I-S-T. So uh-huh. kind of really plain on the word. But what it is is the, the tactical mindsets that HR leaders will need to survive the next century. Gotcha. Uh, future right. of work. But I look at military leaders kind of tell their story and then pull a lesson from there and then talk about how do you actually use hmm. it in, in HR. So it's a very much a tactical book. And, and and is there any, you know, themes that, you know, kind of show up from the military, you know, kind of oh, analogies yeah. that, that you think are, are relevant as we move forward as HR and talent leaders? Well, we've been talking a lot about change. So mm-hmm. let me talk about one of my favorite ones, Alexander the Great. Okay. Massive guy. I mean, he conquered half the freaking world at the time. He landed in Persia. That was his next big thing. And he had heard some rumors. You know, they took the ships over there and he had heard some rumors that a lot of his generals, even some of the army, you know, some of the troops mm-hmm. were a little uneasy about Persia. And so they were like, you know, we're going to give it this, but I don't think that we'll win. He knew that he had to lead that change. So what did he do? He burned the damn ships. Okay. Burn the boats. Burn the boats. And I remember uh, reading a quote that one of his generals said, well, how are we supposed to get back to Greece? He goes on Persian ships. So that whole chapter is about change management. And sometimes you have to cut off the exit to get people to think about how do you move forward. Yeah. I love that. I love that. When's that due to release? (laughs) Speaking of sprints, I'm (laughs) I'm missing (laughs) my sprint on that one. It was supposed to be the fall, but I think I may do it after the first of the year. I've got, I got married in July. We've got all kinds of stuff going on at Hatchworks that are exciting. So I've kind of keep pushing that off because it's i have to turn on a different side of my brain to really get in and edit and get that out there so yeah, yeah. but i'm excited that's great any final thoughts on uh, Recfest here today uh, good luck obviously in the presentation and, and excited to, to be in the audience and, and absorb uh, your knowledge and your background <laughs> you're too kind right. i'm just glad that we finally got to meet each other yeah, we talked several times it's been nice yeah it has been nice so i appreciate you joining the show if if somebody wants to engage with you i know you're very active on social and linkedin is yeah, that a good LinkedIn, place to find you yeah. or how you, else might someone uh, you can, you know, get to get to know you yeah you can also look at uh, sprint recruiting so s-p-r-i-n-t recruiting.com that's kind of goes through the methodology mm-hmm. you can buy the book on amazon or you can find me on linkedin or you can also find me on twitter at trent cotton so pretty easy name to remember you're the man i appreciate you very much all right, and, you too, uh, man. good luck today all right sounds great thanks See take bro. care all right we want to thank you for listening to ta in the trenches we are produced by iron mike and his team at ironbound media keep up the great work team please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now.